Happy Saturday. This is Andrew Rimby. I am so excited to be featuring this first ever new podcast listen section for the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. So I had the privilege on being invited as the first guest to That Old Gay Classic Cinema. And their first episode was on The Sound of Music. And if you don't know, I used to be in musical theater. I say used to, but I think I'll be returning to musical theater. It's always a part of you. And I might actually be returning to the stage in the next year. So look out for that. And I talked about being Captain Von Trapp in my high school musical production, but also we talk about the LGBTQ plus layers to the sound of music. And that's what that old gay classic cinema is all about. It's about being a lover of classic cinema, but also looking at film from an LGBTQ plus lens. So I want to thank Christian and Nate. They are the co-hosts of that old gay classic cinema. And I wanted you all to hear a portion from the first episode that I was on talking about The Sound of Music. So here's a little teaser from it. And to listen to the entire episode, head to That All Gay Classic Cinema on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, and follow them on social media at That All Gay Classic Cinema on Instagram. I can't wait for you all to listen. And here is a sneak peek. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Won't you join me? Light up the sky. everyone and welcome to that old gay classic cinema. I have my guest, I have my unofficial co-host Nate with me and we have also our guest from the Ivory Tower Boiler Room, Andrew Rimby, along with us today. Nate, hello. Hello everyone and all of you out there listening in the dark. Um, welcome, this is our first episode and it's it's very exciting. And I think we have a good film that we're going to start off with. And thank you, Andrew, for joining us as well. 
Yeah, of course. I'm so excited. Congratulations, you two. Congratulations, Chris, Nate. I love this whole concept of, um, <clears throat> excuse me, of that old gay cinema. And um, I'm so excited to talk all things Sound of Music. So yeah, can't wait for this. Perfect. Well, I wanted to bring up the point, um, the first point of our little note section that we have here. Um, we're starting off with a question for everyone. Um, so what made everyone fall in love with classic cinema? Nate, would you like to go first? Of course. I think what got me into cinema, I've just always been into movies, like ever since I was a little kid. Um, they were kind of my bread and butter. How I spent a lot of my time was watching movies. Um, started off with Disney movies and kind of segued into just other movies from there. I feel like my movie taste was very drawn from whatever my family was watching. So whether it would be my older brother, my parents, my grandparents, like that was just what kind of got me into it. Um, and I feel like old, like when we're talking about classic movies, like that has just always been part of the repertoire. Like that was always what I was watching anyway. So I don't really have like a, a set, like, start time where I started watching classic movies. They just always have kind of been interwoven in. Um, and Sound of Music specifically has pretty much always been in the repertoire. Um, my cousins and I joked that when we were visiting her or like when we would be in her basement, there were two VHSs that we could watch and it was The Muppets Christmas Carol or The Sound of Music. So this goes way back for me. So I'm really excited to get to talk about it today. Um, how about you, Chris? Tell us about how you got into cinema. Oh, goodness. Well, um, I'd say it would have to be the first time that I watched The Wizard of Oz, along with its behind-the-scenes making of documentary hosted by Angela Lansbury, R.I.P. Um, that was actually when I first learned more about Judy Garland when we saw her sing Swing Mr. Mendelssohn and Everybody Sing. Um, that kind of made me, and made me want to know more about her and see her impact on the world. And another part of me also discovered it when I discovered a TCM, quote unquote, uh, Turner Classic Movies. And I saw two, two films that changed me. One of them was Meet Me in St. Louis. And the other one was Marie Antoinette, the 1938 version starring Norma Shearer and uh, Tyrone Power. Um, so watching those films led me down more rabbit holes than I could ever imagine. I guess TCM is the gateway drug. It is. It is. It is. Um, having that sort of um, escapism and just being able to just be immersed in those films, kind of just being in the world of black and white and just wishing that I could see it in color, but also having a clear sight of what was made during those times is something to be preserved rather than discarded. So, you know, which is why I, I came up with this podcast to help other people um, become more aware of these films and to bring a certain queer light to them, so, so to speak. <laughs> Andrew, what about you? Yeah, well, I mean, I think what I love so much about being invited for The Sound of Music is... When I think classic cinema, I fell in love with movie musicals first, if it comes to classic cinema. Uh, so I'm like you, Chris, I love The Wizard of Oz. That was one of my favorite movie musicals. Um, I really liked 
um, Snow White live at Radio City Music Hall. If you know, that's like a deep dive of, you know, Snow White. Um, but loved the Rodgers and Hammerstein movie musicals. Um, I really liked just anything with big dance numbers. Um, always loved the TV movie musicals like Cinderella with Leslie Ann Warren. Then eventually I saw the Julie Andrews. Um, loved fairy tale theater, which isn't like classic cinema, but the retellings, yes, of fairy tales with Shelley Duvall. I live. Um, I yeah. have but the I was- entire DVD collection of that. So, oh, it's incredible. Yes. yes. But I wasn't really, I would never say I was a Disney cinema person necessarily, um, like in terms of cartoons. So that's why I really love live action type classic cinema. I'm more for that when it comes to movie musicals. So yeah, but then I also um, was in theater, was in musical theater, performed in The Sound of Music. Um, I'm wearing my touring Sound of Music hat from the early 2000s when I saw it in Philadelphia. So yeah, The Sound of Music has always been kind of something I've referenced in my life. Like I always remember it from my childhood, definitely. What role did you uh, play in Sound of Music, Andrew? Um, I played Captain Von Trapp. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, Perfect. yeah, you're looking awesome. at gay work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Speaking always, of gay classic cinema. <laughs> speaking of that, I've always wanted to go to the sing-along Sound of Music. I, I wish they would bring that to New York City. That would be amazing for them to do, is for them to just put it on Central Park and just have yeah. like a big thing. They used to do that um, years ago, but I don't know if they would ever bring that back. Um, or if, they, if they're oh, still going to do that in the movie. That would be so fun. I know they do that with The Wizard of Oz. Yes. And, but maybe they could make it more immersive, like the Rocky Horror Show. Uh, you know, maybe there could be moments in The Sound of Music that are interactive. I'm not sure. Oh, believe me, we have do. many things to discuss that will be, that will be very Rocky Horror-esque. Mm-hmm. That's true. I'm sure. Some hot takes. Yes. <laughs> a lot of hot takes. We're all in the hot yeah. seat tonight. <laughs> well, I'm ready for whatever you want to throw me. <laughs> exactly. And I think um, this is going to be interesting to talk about because, again, like we're, we're looking at this movie kind of through a queer lens and looking at it like as um, adult queer people watching this movie. Like we've grown up with it. We've seen it. So like kind of just like looking back on it and revisiting it through this lens. Um and presencing, like, obviously, like, yes, this is a story based on people's experiences. We are talking specifically about the fictional, fictionalized characters. So when we're mm-hmm. saying Maria, we're talking about Maria as she is in Sound of Music, not necessarily the real mm-hmm. Maria Von Trapp, just so everyone <laughs> knows where we're coming from and not trying to add any additional accounts to the real <laughs> Von Trapp family. 
Right. Um, so um, does anyone want to start um, with um, with our notes? Because I, I, I put them all together um, today. Um, Nathaniel, do you want to go through um, your um, campy queer moments that you saw um, in the film? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think it's best to start at the beginning. And I think something that we all picked up on is just that opening sequence where you're seeing the Alps and Salzburg from the air. And all of a sudden, we're just swooping in and there's Julie Andrews just walking up the mountain and then she just starts twirling. Um, and we know that that took so many takes because they're flying in a helicopter trying to catch the shot this is the age before the drones so she's like getting knocked over and having to get back up again so but i think just that twirling is just it's like it's iconic and i think it's just something that's so when you're looking back on it just something very campy just very like it's been parodied so many times and i think that's just like the thing that like a little kid sees and then they just are imitating it themselves um, but what are y'all's thoughts on kind of that opening shot? Like, what are, like, what's your perspective on that? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Nate. I think that there's such an optimism and I forgot there was a, like rewatching this film. Um, I haven't watched it in full since I was in the musical, which was 13 years ago. So it's been a while. Like I remember clips very well, but I usually don't rewatch films in their entirety if it's not something work-related or something like I'm immediately, like most of my new viewing is contemporary. So I'll tend to just watch whatever's out there on the streaming services. So it was exciting to see that opening with all the Alps. And I forgot there, there was almost this orchestra warm up and you kind of hear, um, it was the bird as if you could hear the bird yeah. that it started. That was how I, I believe that's how Robert Rice wanted to start the scene. You hear like the wind whistling and then the bird, and then you hear after the bird, um, starts tweeting. And that's when he, that's when he asked the conductor, Erwin Costell, who is, a genius with scoring. We will get to that later because the whole score of this film is just magical and amazing. Um, but you, as you, as you said, yes, the, that whole opening shot is just mesmerizing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think there's definitely is something very mirthful, gay in the sense of just delight and happiness of, Maria's empowerment and I'm kind of really curious about that like with you know talking with both of you because I still am trying to figure out if I'm a fan of Maria's or if I'm annoyed by her optimism because I'm kind of like I love right you can love the film but I there are moments in the sound of music where I understand why Rodgers and Hammerstein got the critique of being so sappy. Um, um, and I know Julie Andrews had to deal with that. Like in her memoir, Homework, she talks about this image of how many people thought she was this perfectionist and always full of optimism. Like she had to work against that trait. And um, yeah, so, yeah. and I think that's also right why um, Christopher Plummer declined the film so many times is because he was getting annoyed with the emphasis of romance, that it didn't seem very...
Hi, this is Andrew. So, you know, when I'm not here in the Ivory Tower boiler room, sometimes I'm actually invited to be on other podcasts as a guest. Well, there is one podcast run by Christian Garcia and um, his co-host, Nate, that I absolutely love. It is called That Old Gay Classic Cinema. So calling all you classic cinema fans out there and those who love queer theme cinema, which I think there's a lot of you who are listening right now where you've uh, perked up. So follow them on Instagram at that OL Gay Classic Cinema. The first ever episode I was featured as a guest, it's The Sound of Music. I got to talk about being Captain Von Trapp in high school, and it's just such an exciting conversation. They've also featured discussions about Gone with the Wind, The Wizard of Oz, which features guests from uh, the podcast The Garland Gab and Down the Yellow Brick Pod. There is a deep dive of Cinderella, and recently they had an episode on the film Giants starring Elizabeth Taylor, Rock Hudson, and James Dean. And actually, one of the uh, guests, Lauren Randall, I know from Stony Brook University's PhD English department. So shout out, Lauren. Um, you can listen to That Old Gay Classic Cinema on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. It's definitely such a great listen. So why not listen to it after you listen to this current episode on the Ivory Tower Boiler Room?